Well, <clears throat> who's inspired by that? You know, I mean, I mean, if that doesn't inspire us to reach the lost, then I don't know what does. You know, I love uh, seeing that video, um, oh, the, the Jesus on the cross one, the uh, the passion, and they had the clip up there with Jesus on the cross, and and it was only a couple of weeks ago I saw that, and just wept. I had to go to my bedroom and weep as as he selflessly went on the cross for our sins, but. You know, we need to be inspired because the harvest is ripe. You know, the harvest is ripe. We, I, I just know in my spirit, just with different things that are going on in my life, that, that God is over this region and he is drawing souls uh, in and around our sphere of influence and our neighbors and our schools. And uh, we need to be prepared for the loss. We need to be ready and, uh, and know what to do. And, you know, just within the last couple of weeks, um, I had a situation where, uh, last year, I went and prayed for one of my uh, workers and his girlfriend, and uh, she's, she's a pee addict, and they had a whole lot of issues going on, and he asked me to go around and pray for them, and I went and prayed for them, and, uh, and just felt to pray, pray strongly in tongues. Both of them were unsaved, and, we, and the whole atmosphere changed, and, and she was really touched, and, uh, and had made some contact with me through, through uh, Scott, my worker. But anyway, they've since broken up, and probably about six, seven months ago, and then all of a sudden, this is, how, this is why I know God's on people to get saved. All of a sudden, within the last two weeks, I get a text. And there's a whole, there's a bit of a story around this, and I can't share it all because there's police involved and things like that. But I get a text, and it says this, I need God. And then another text, she says, bust me out of my death trap. I have nothing to lose and everything to gain. So this is a text from a lady who's broken. She's a pee addict, and she starts texting me, I need God. You know, I mean, God is on people. He's on this region. People need Christ, and we need to be prepared to stand up and, uh, and, and share the gospel. And the, uh, the title of my message tonight is Facing Our Fears for the Gospel. Facing Our Fears for the Gospel. Because, you know, uh, uh, there's a lot of fears that hinder us from sharing our faith, sharing our testimony, sharing the gospel. And uh, God wants us to break us out of that because you've just seen on a video clip where people are making wrong choices all day. Uh, in life, and they don't realize that when they die, they go to hell if they don't, haven't received Jesus Christ. And this, we need to be concerned about this. We need to be absolutely passionate for the lost because there are people literally going to hell, people who are having good lives now going to hell when they die, and, and we need to be majorly concerned about that. And, you know, the Bible says that Jesus came, and Luke 19.10 says that Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. And, you know, that needs to be our mandate. That needs to be our agenda as well, that we need to be looking around at those who are lost and just prepared to share the gospel, prepared to look for an opportunity to, uh, to witness to them, to share with them. And, uh, you know, Matthew 9, 37 says that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And, uh, you know, what's a, we're all part of, the, of God's labor. We're all part of the harvest laborers. And I know just within orcharding, uh, you know, we, our season comes around once a year from about mid-February to, to mid-May, and that's our harvest time, you know. And we could not get that harvest off without my whole team being involved. And uh, I run uh, 10 orchards, and, and my role is really just to, to know which orchards are ready to be harvested through maturity tests and just observing the fruit and knowing when to go to. And then I, I get my foremans to go and they, they put the action plan into place and begin to get the machinery around to that certain block and, uh, and, and get the ladders around there and all the gear. And then the rest of my staff 
uh, are there to QC the fruit, and then we've got 50 or 60 pickers that come in and pick the fruit. But all of us are part of that harvest. All of us are part of that harvest. And, you know, if we got there too late and those apples are beyond picking or they've rotted or they've dropped off the tree, well, then we lose that harvest. We lose that fruit. We've got to be hearing God. We've got to be listening to what God's saying and be prepared because, you know what, there are people going to hell because the laborers are few. There are people going to hell because um, someone hasn't shared the gospel with them. They've been right for the picking, but someone through their own fears or insecurities have not shared. And you know what? I'm the first one to put my hand up and say I've avoided sharing. I'm the first person to put my hand up and say there's been times where I've felt compelled to share or, or, or compelled to, to, to do something, and I haven't done it. And you know, I still regret. I still remember years and years ago, I had a guy working on my orchard, and he, and, um, uh, uh, and he was from Napier, and he was on a work scheme, and he had an epileptic fit on the orchard, and we... Um, you know, we got the ambulance in and we found, you know, didn't realize he was an epileptic. And, uh, and I remember sharing with him the gospel. And, uh, and he was, he'd never heard the gospel and he was open, really open to the gospel. And, um, and he wanted to know more. He, he you know, tell me some more. He was, you know, from a low economic social family and he wanted to know more. But you know what? I never, I never saw him again and never followed it up. And to this day, I still think about that man because he was ripe for the harvest. I shared the gospel. I didn't lead him to salvation. He wanted more, and I didn't give him more, and I still think about that. You know, it still kind of grieves me, and I still pray that, you know, that was at least a seed that someone else would come in and lead him to, lead him to Christ. And, uh, but, uh, you know, so we need to ask ourselves, what are we doing? What, what are we doing in our sphere of influence for the harvest? Are we, are we beginning to pray for people? Are we praying for divine appointments? Uh, are we... Are we, um, what are we preparing in our own lives? Have we, have we prepared a short testimony? Something that, like in one minute, you can share you know, what your life was like before you found God, uh, what it was like during your conversion, and, and, and what Christ did and what experience you had, and then, and then how much you've changed afterwards. You can do that in about two minutes. You know, all of us should have like a two-minute short testimony uh, just to share it at a drop of a hat. Um, we all should know how to share a quick gospel message. You can do that in a couple of minutes too. And even the Bible says to always be ready for an answer when, when someone asks you why, why you've got your faith. We need to be ready to share just a quick message. There's just some things that we can be prepared in our own hearts to do. And uh, I remember um, years ago, when I was on the orchards, a young man came over from Australia, a young 19-year-old, very locked up. And, uh, and he's still in this church today. His name's Todd, and I know he won't mind me sharing. And... Uh, but I would share about God and share about the Gospels and he would get angrier and angrier. Although he wouldn't let me know because he just had his head down. He used to have a cap like this and you could never see his eyes. And I shared and I shared and I shared and, and finally I broke in there for, for, to be able to talk with him and he was living in a caravan down at the uh, Windsor Park. But I remember sharing with him the Gospel and, and, and I got him listening to Derek Prince and, and I didn't know it but every night he would make a ritual of listening to Derek Prince and taking notes. And... Uh, but what I used to do when I used to share the gospel, I'd go, I'd leave, and I would actively just pray for him, really just stand in war and, and, and stand against the enemy that had blinded his heart. Blinded his heart. So I would really just stand for his salvation. And, uh, you know, we need to do that as well. When you share the gospel, when you, uh, when you witness to someone, that's, that's great. But it, when you go, but stand in the gap for that person. Begin to, begin to stand against the enemy who has blinded his heart. You know, our prayers are powerful. 
Our prayers, we've got to believe that. James 5.16 says our prayers are powerful. They're effective. You know, and we've got to believe that and then act on it as we pray for souls. Man, that's what God wants. He wants us to pray actively for people. And, uh, and you know, uh, uh, Todd now, 16 years in the faith. He's, he's, just, he's a great friend of mine. He's been in kids' church. You know, he's, he's an active member. But that started off with a, a locked-up 19-year-old from Aussie who was contemplating suicide and couldn't talk and look at anyone. You know, so, so um, there are people all around you with potential. There's people in your workplace. There's people in your schools right now that, that, that are ready to hear the gospel. They're ready to, hear, to have a witness. You've got to begin just to pray and, uh, and just pick those ones out that are ripe. Not everyone's ripe, but you need to look for the ones that God brings to you, the ones that are ripe. I wonder if you've got the Bible, if you just want to turn to, to Jonah. <coughs> just turn to the book of Jonah. You know, God has already prepared the way. God has prepared the harvest, and he has prepaid for the harvest. Amen? God has prepaid for the harvest, you know. It would be great if we could uh, pick our apples and someone had already paid for them all. <coughs> but unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. You've got to find a market and, and you never know what your money's going to get. But with, with the harvest that God's talking about, God has prepared it and he has prepaid it. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, you know, he's totally paid for the sins of every man from that point on, every man and woman from that point on to the end of times. So he's paid for it and now he's just waiting for laborers to arise and go out there and share the gospel and be prepared to see people saved. We need to get inspired by videos like that. We need to get inspired. If you feel yourself getting dull, if you feel yourself um, uninspired about the loss, then you need to get the passion of Christ out and watch it again. Watch it by yourself and allow it to really touch your heart because it'll fire you up. It'll really fire you up. So Jonah chapter 1 verse 2 says, Arise, Go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before you. So, Bible, so God says, arise, go. You know, that's our mandate as well. In Mark 5, 6, uh, 16, uh, 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 Jesus says, go. Go into all the earth. Preach the gospel. Baptize people. You know, our mandate is to arise and go. Actively arise and go. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish. need my glasses. From the presence of the Lord, he went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with him to go to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. You know, um, Jonah had some issues, and we like to you know to, to read about the story of Jonah and the big fish when we're when we're at preschool and when we're, I mean when we're at Sunday school and things like that. But actually, this man had some major issues, and and one of the issues he had, he he had fear. He had a lot of fear around him. I mean, he got the word of God. He immediately turned the other way, got a boat, went to the lowest part of the boat, and hid. So fear drove him to, to run away from the call of God and to hide. And later on, we'll kind of just, just unravel it a little bit at the end, and we'll just see what... There was a couple of things, issues that Jonah had, but one of them was fear. And, uh, and you know, I found that, that fear um, is, is one of the biggest things that stop people sharing the gospel. And there are different types of fear... And, but it really just hinders us. You know, we know the story of Jonah. He, uh, eventually, God got hold of him. You know, God wouldn't let go. So God didn't leave him in his place of fear. God, God pursued him. And eventually, uh, Jonah came around and, uh, and said, basically put his hand up and said, yep, no, I'll go to Nineveh. 
And so God told him to go there and cry out against him and say, in 40 days, you know, you'll be destroyed. Basically, in 40 days, you'll be destroyed. And so, so Jonah faced his fear and he went. But, uh, you know, fears are a real hindrance. Fears cause us to hide. They cause us to hide from people, hide from circumstances. And, uh, you know, we, and we all face it. You know, these situations in my life where, man, I know I should be sharing or I know I should be doing something and fear grips you and you think, no, nah, no, nah, you know, I don't, I don't want to do that. You know, what are they going to think of me and, and, different, and different issues like that. But, you know, the Bible says that, and 1 Timothy 1, 7 says that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. He hasn't given us a spirit of fear. God has given us a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind. A spirit of power, God's given us his ability to break through our fears. Spirit of love, God has given us his love to reach out to the lost. A sound mind, God has given us clarity and a confidence in him to step out. You know, we need to uh, not be bound by fear. Fear would be the biggest hindrance in most of our lives from stepping through in every area of our life. Sharing the gospel, breaking through into a new area, new ground, new opportunities. Fear restricts us. I hate fear. I hate, I mean, really every day we, we face fear. Jesus would have had to have faced fear. Every day he had to face fear. He would have felt fear, but he heard the word of God. He did what the word of God says, and he didn't let that thing uh, dominate his life. And, uh, you know, God will help us when we're fearful. It's all right to feel fear. It's all right to... Um, to be afraid or, or, or unsure of some things, but, uh, but that's when we need to call on God. That's when we need to uh, draw upon God's help to help us through it. And, uh, you know, I have had to, to uh, face some real fears in sharing the gospel with my family, my extended family, because uh, a long time ago, my, my father died and I, I uh, had prayed for him and, and miraculously got to share the gospel with him and, and got to see him saved just a few days before he died, and he became really open to the gospel. He just wanted to hear about Jesus. And, and so he died really peacefully. He died about uh, four in the morning at the hospice. And uh, the next day, uh, his, his wife, my um, stepmom, she said to me at four in the morning, the nurse came and got her, because I think they, they kind of know when people are, are dying. And um, when they came in, my dad was trying to get out of the bed, and, uh, he, was, and he kept on tapping his watch, and he was going, I've got to be somewhere. I've got an appointment. I've got an appointment. And they calmed him down, and he slowly just died. Doesn't that give you goosebumps? Um, so he was, he, 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 his spirit was getting called to heaven, and he knew he had an appointment, and he was trying to get out of bed in, in the natural, but they calmed him down, and within 10 minutes, he died. And uh, so that was a great buzz for me to, to, to know that my dad's in heaven. And, uh, but, you know, dad has four brothers, uh, sorry, three brothers, and, and, and my my family were kind of brought up Presbyterians, and so they were anti a lot of things and very, very religious, but they didn't go to church anyway. So when I got saved, I'd kind of gone from one extreme to the other, you know, and uh, they couldn't handle either, <laughs> and, they could, and they couldn't handle me being saved, that's for sure, and I wasn't, I wasn't even that out there, that, you know, I, was, I kept it pretty close to my chest as far as sharing with them, but, um, but they knew I was saved, so they kind of didn't know how to... How to had a deal with me because he was, he was the rogue, the black sheep, kind of all of a sudden he's saved and married to Sharon and, and whatnot. Um, but I, you know, I had prayed for my dad and I'd, I'd always begun to pray for his brothers. I just had a heart, even though I wasn't close to them, I had a, began to pray for his brothers. And, um, 
And my uncle, probably about five years later, my uncle started to die. And it was going to be any time then. I thought, Lord, I've got to do something. I've got to do something. And all the fears came of what can I do? This is my uncle. He lives in Turangi. What can I do? You know, that, that, you know the fears of what the family's going to think. But anyway, I, thought, I'll, I'll, I felt, just felt God drop it in my heart to write him a letter. So I, I wrote a letter to him and, um, and just, just shared about how I was concerned for him, how I loved him. And I shared about how dad was saved and uh, how dad had opened up his heart. And I shared the gospel. And, just, and it was just a really Holy Spirit written letter. You know, I read it back. I thought, man, did I write that? But, um, and I sent the letter to him, and he died within probably two weeks, and I never heard anything back until about six months later. We were at a, we were at a family reunion, and his son and daughter were there. And, uh, and I'm thinking, oh, well, you know, what's everyone thinking? What are they, who, who saw the letter and all that? And um, anyway, I, I said to, to Mary and Tom, I said, oh, listen, you know, just you know, before um, Uncle Ivor died, I sent him a letter. And Mary said, oh, yeah, 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 because I'm meaning to tell you. She said, we gave him the letter, and he read it out. No, she said, we, we gave him the letter, and we read it because he couldn't. And she said, when we'd read the letter, he was weeping, and we were all weeping. And, you know, in and, and an instant, I just felt he was saved. He got saved, you know, because it, it, he was weeping. They were all weeping, and I just knew that he got saved. Well, I'm trusting he got saved. But, you know, it, I had to fight through the fear of what people would think. I had to fight through the fear of the family rejecting me and, and what they would say about me. But, you know, I thought, man, this guy's salvation or what people think? This guy's salvation or rejection? You know, and, and man, we should, salvation has to reign. Salvation has to reign because, you know what? That, this is eternity. This is eternity. Our fear, you know, if we let fear grip us, we can, that can mean the difference for people going to hell or not. You know? You know, if God hadn't pursued um, Jonah, if Jonah hadn't come up and, and faced his fears, you know, Nineveh could have gone to hell. The population of Nineveh could have gone to hell. But instead, but instead they were saved because Jonah finally faced his fears and actually preached the word. He did what God said he would do. Um, and it's like us as well. We need to share and then, of course, a few years later, I had an, I had an auntie dying. And I thought, oh, no. Just the, just the um, I was just compelled to do something. Just, I just couldn't. She was dying. She had a disease where all her muscles stopped moving. So it's like really rare disease. Uh, and eventually, all she could move was her little finger. You know, and it, uh, that rugby player in Havelock North got the same motor, motor own motor thing. And, um, and I said, oh, you know, and she was an atheist, you know, and I thought, no, I've, got, I've just got to send her a letter. I've got to send her a letter. So I sent her a letter too, and I, and, and I sent her a letter. I gave it, sent it to my cousin, and, um, and, uh, and he, I, I talked to him after she died, and, and he said, no, no, we, we took her the letter. We said, to, well, first he, 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 asked, he, he asked her if she'd like to read it. He said that Bryden's written a letter. And I think by this time, they'd all known I'd written letters. <laughs> you know, it wasn't just like they, they didn't talk, you know. Bryden's written the letter. The letter writers come, you know. And... <laughs> And, um, and she said, no, I'd like to read it. She'd like to read it. So I, I don't know where she's at. I don't know what, what, what she got, but I did what I could do. I did what I could do. I, the gospel was in that letter. My heart was in that letter. I shared about my dad. So I, I did what I could do. She was in Wellington. And so you never know what, what decisions people make in their heart. You know, we never, we never know. And, uh, and anyway, right now I've got another uncle dying. 
So, <laughs> this is really current. I've got t- these two brothers left. Uh, another uncle dying. Um, not another letter. No, he's in Hastings, this one. So now I'd been around a couple of times um, to see him, just, you know. And, uh, but anyway, then I heard he was in hospital and the time was going to be short. The time was going to be short. So I kind of left it for about a week. Just to, and then one morning I woke up and I thought, no, I've just got to, got to do something here. So I began to pray. I thought I'm going to go and see him this afternoon. So I began to pray and I began to just see myself having an opportunity where no one else was in the room. Because I started straight away, the fear was, what if someone's in the room? How can I bring up the gospel? If someone else is in the room and all that, what would they think? And, and um, so I prayed that I'd have a time alone with him. And I prayed that as I shared the gospel with him, he would weep, break down and weep. And I could just, and, and, and as he received Christ, that's what, I, that's what I pictured in my heart as I was praying for him. And um, so that afternoon, I, I stopped in at the hospital. And as I was walking down the corridor, his wife was walking out. Whew. And... Um, so I, I talked with her for a little while, and she said, no, he's just up there by himself, and you can go up and see him. So I was just wrapped. You know, she wasn't going to be there. That would have been tough. I don't know what I would have done. It would have been tough. So I went up there and, and, um, and talked with him, and he's 81, pretty frail. And I spent about oh, 20, 25 minutes with him, just chit-chat, talking about different things, and he was sharing about his family. And the whole time I'm thinking, where's the doorway in here? Where's the doorway? You know? and then, so then I started to try and push the doorway and man, there were some, there were some hindrances, you know, real spiritual hindrances. And I'm thinking, so I'm saying, so, so you know, how do you feel about dying? Um, and he kept on going back, to, oh, no, I'm going to miss my grandkids, and I'm really miss them. Yeah, but what, you know, what do you, how do you, what's going to happen after you die? What, what do you think about that? And he goes, it just wasn't going in. And he, he, he would go, oh, no, I'm going to be buried down at here. And this went on for about 15 minutes of me virtually saying, you know, what's going to happen after you die, where are you going to go? But he just kept coming back to, oh, no, they're going to bury me down here. And he just, it just wasn't going in, man. Talk about a blockage. And, um, and finally, I just leaned over and I just held his hand. I said, Uncle Laurie, I said, you're dying. I said, you're dying. And I said, and, uh, and you need to know where, you, where you're going to go after you die. And he kind of looked at me and tears started to well up. And I said, you know that, that, that my dad gave his heart to Jesus before he died? And he kind of welled up. I said, Uncle Laurie, I said, I love you, and I'm here because I want you to go to heaven. And uh, I said, do you want to go to heaven? And he said, yep. And he began to weep and weep. And I I said, would you like me to lead you in a prayer? And he said, yep. And he put his head down. And I led him in a prayer, and he received salvation. Exactly, exactly how I pictured it. But you know what? And um, I'm trying to think of the the guy's name in here that's his caregiver. Kevin. Kevin's his caregiver, so kind of me and Kevin, Kevin's been praying behind the scenes too, so he's part of that. And, um, but, you know, and he received God, and he just broke down and wept and wept and wept. And, uh, and as I led him through the sinner's prayer, and, you know, and, but the, the religious thing, once I led him through the prayer, he kind of he got over his weeping. He says, oh, I don't think I sinned too much, do I? You know, and you know, I haven't been to court and stuff like that. You know, just kind of their mindset that they haven't stolen and things like that. But, uh, you know, but he's saved. He's saved. He's still alive, actually. That was about probably six weeks ago. He's, he's still alive. So I just need to go and um, just check on him again. But he said to Kevin a few weeks later when he was out of hospital, he said to Kevin, he said, oh, Bryden, he, uh, he read me my last rites. You know? So, <laughs> um, but you see, I'm just compelled to share the gospel. 
Wow, the time's getting on. Just compelled to share the gospel. So I'll just be quick with this. You know, we need to be compelled. We need that compulsion to share the gospel. Jesus was compelled, you know. He would see people on the, uh, uh, people would call out to him or he'd see the, the 5,000. And he was just compelled to touch, compelled to reach out to people in, in the love of God, to, to, to see them saved and to speak into their lives and to encourage them. And we need to be compelled. We need to have that fire in us. And we need to get revelation that, man, people without Christ do not go to heaven. They do not, they do not go to heaven. And, and, and often we can wash that away. We can think, but he's a good person. Even we think like that sometimes, you know. Or, but they're, they're a good person, surely, surely. But no, but we don't know their heart. We don't know their heart. Only God sees the heart. And that heart needs to be cleansed by the power of Jesus Christ. Jesus died on the cross that we would be saved, that we would be cleansed by his blood. Amen? So just quickly, these are the, fear, these are the three main fears that I, I believe just are a real hindrance to us. And the first one is fear of rejection. You know, what would they say? What would they think? Um, but you know, Jesus was rejected. He's been rejected. You know, the rich, the rich ruler that he, that he shared with and invited him to follow him. He, he rejected Jesus' invitation. So Jesus has experienced and felt rejection. Um, the religious leaders rejected Jesus. Jesus knows what it's like to be rejected. You know, the reality is we will get rejected, but we don't want to let the fear of that stop us from sharing the gospel. And, uh, you know, the Bible says that if whoever rejects us rejects the Son and then rejects the Father. Jesus is with us when we get rejected. You know, he, he can take that for us. It's not just us that gets rejected. You know, the other, the other fear that people have is shame and embarrassment and belittlement. They're, they're, they fear of being shamed, uh, ashamed to share the gospel or, or, or embarrassed to share it. It's like it's an awkward, an awkward, and hey, we've all felt that. Come on, there wouldn't be anyone here that's felt, not felt awkward or a little bit embarrassed when, the, when Jesus gets brought up or God gets brought up and you kind of think, what's people thinking? But you know what? That the fear of that will stop you even taking the first step. We've got, to, we've got to break through those fears. You know, Jesus was mocked. Jesus is called a devil. He was belittled. You know, the Bible says that Jesus has taken our shame. Don't let the fear of the shame. See, it's not so much the shame. The shame has been dealt with, but the fear of shame is what stops us from stepping forth. You know, just to go back to Jonah, one of Jonah's fears, when, when you read the word and, and you find out, and you get to the end and you find out about Jonah and why he didn't want to share in the first place. Part of it, one part of it was that he, he didn't want to be shamed out. And I would say it's obvious that he's been sent by God before and he know because he knew what God was like, gracious and mercy. He said that, God, you're full of mercy, and I knew you like this, and I knew you were like that. And, and and I'm thinking he's probably been sent before and he's gone and shared the word and preached it that you're gonna be you know destroyed and this and, and it hasn't happened. And he's felt embarrassed. Here's the, here's the great prophet declaring the word of God. It doesn't happen, so he's like felt, felt embarrassed, you know. So he gets told to go to Nineveh, and he goes the other way and hides at the bottom of his ship. It's like, I'm, I'm not going there. No, no way am I going there, you know. I'm not going to be embarrassed again. I'm not going to go there and be embarrassed again. He, he, you know, I believe Jonah had the fear of shame around him and embarrassment, and he also had just judgments, massive judgments against God's people. You know, judgments will stop you sharing with the lost. This, this lady that sent me the Texas, she's a pee addict. She's quite a bit of stuff, actually. Burglar, whatever, you name it, she's done it. But you know what, man, the, when I got that text, I was reaching forth straight away. I was, I was texting her back. I rang her. Sharon reached out to her. We got food parcels sent around. 
We were just straight on to it. I've got no prejudice for, to anyone. Wealth, I've, I've driven around Hastings with billionaires from, from Chile, been a chaperone billionaires, and, uh, and, and have shared the gospel to them. Um, or someone that's, that's, I've picked people up out of jail and shared. I mean, you've you just got to be open to anyone God brings you. You know when the harvest comes, we're going to get the small fish and the big fish. We're going to get the small fish and the big ship, and, and they all need cleaning, and they all need love, and they all need no judgments. Jonah had many, many judgments. And, of course, the last one, that what I would say would be the biggest fear that we face is the fear of man, the fear of what people will think of us. So it becomes a self-centered kind of me thing, you see. What will people think of it? You know, and, and, and Jonah had a bit of that too. It's like and he just wanted to go away and die. He said, God, I knew you were full of gracious and mercy and stuff like that. And, and he got angry. He got angry that God had done this. And he just wanted to go away and hide and die. He would rather have done that to save face than rejoice in God that Nineveh was saved. You know, he, he had some issues. Jonah had some issues. We can learn from that. But, you know, the fear of man is a huge issue. I believe it's the number one issue that prevents people from sharing the gospel or stepping out. And in Proverbs 29, 25, the Bible says that the fear of man brings a snare. It brings, and you know what a snare means? A noose or a hook for the nose. So you know where they put hooks in a pig's nose? The pig can't root the ground. Or if you're on a noose, you're restricted. So, so when you have the fear of man, it restricts you for being who you are. It restricts you for being a son of God, being able to share the gospel. It, restric- it restricts you in every area of your life from stepping out into who you're called to be. We've got, we've got to just allow, uh, uh, we've got to break through the fear of man. It is just a huge, huge issue. You know, we all, we, we all have fears. But, you know, just, just ponder, just close your eyes and listen to this. We all have fears, but you imagine if Jesus, if the, if, if the fear of man had gripped Jesus like it could have so easily have done, he would never have gone to the cross. He would never have gone. Do you think Jesus didn't have fear? Come on, he felt fear big time. He felt rejection, the fear of going to the cross. He knew what was going to happen. But if Jesus allowed the fear to come around his life, we would never have the cross. You know, Paul, if Paul had allowed the fear of man come, we, would never have, we wouldn't have a gospel. He wouldn't have written the gospel. He wouldn't have broken through and written the gospel. You know, Peter was robbed by fear. He was robbed at the very time he could have stood with Jesus. He, he denied Jesus through fear of what people would think and, being, and, and connecting him with Jesus. Jesus had the fear of man, and, and it just it robbed and stole something from him at a critical time. But you know, the Bible records that Peter pushed through that fear. He pushed through that fear and became a great apostle. And history records that he died, ended up dying on the cross just like Jesus, but upside down. That's what, that's what the Bible, that's what history records Peter have done. It. So he went from someone who didn't even want to be known to Jesus because of what was going to happen. He didn't want to be part of that to then becoming a great apostle and dying on the cross just like Jesus, but upside down. You know, Peter is an example of someone who broke through. If you just close your eyes for a minute. I wonder, wonder what about you today? I wonder if you've, you're here for the first time or second time and you've never heard the gospel. You've never heard that Jesus Christ died on the sins. He bled for our salvation. He bled 
on the cross that we could be saved. You know, when Jesus said it is finished, when he died, he put salvation on course for every man and woman who would ever receive him from that point on to the end of eternity. If you're here tonight and you've never received Jesus Christ, you know that tonight if you died, uh, you don't know whether you'd go to heaven. You, you know, after hearing this message that says you need to be cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, you need to receive his salvation. If, and you haven't, that means you won't go to heaven. That means, black and white, if you die and you haven't received Jesus Christ as your Savior and been cleansed by his precious blood, you cannot enter heaven. Because enter is holy. Heaven is a holy place, and we need to be cleansed by the blood of Jesus. If you've made a decision in the past, but you know you know you've walked away from God, and you want to come back to God tonight, you want to get your life right with God tonight. If that's you tonight, or you've never received Jesus Christ, I'd like you to quickly just put your hand up. If there's anyone here tonight that's never received Christ or wants to get their life right with God, I just want you to quickly put your hand up. And I'd love to lead you to Jesus tonight. Is there anyone here tonight? Thank you, Lord. That's great. That's great. You know, now God's calling us to now go out to the community, to go out to our neighbors, to go out to our schools, to go out to our workplaces. You know, we all have our own worlds, our own sphere of influence that God has placed us in that we can influence. And, uh, and it's specific to you. We're all got our own worlds that we live in, and God's calling us to reach our worlds. But you know, I believe there's many here that, they, that, that you struggle with fear. You have, you have fear. You have fear of what people will think. You have a fear of being rejected. You fear of being embarrassed or feeling ashamed. Some here may have disappointments you've shared before and you've, you've never seen anyone get saved or you've been rebuked or pushed back and you've said, well, I'm not going to share again. I'm not going to go to that place again because I, you know, I don't want to get disappointed. I, you know, and you've closed up and you've locked up. A bit like Jonah, who took off straight away the opposite way and went to the bottom of the boat. He wasn't going back to that place he'd been to before. You know, God wants to break fears off us. He doesn't want us to live in fears. You know, we hinder the harvest. We hinder doing His work when we're restricted by our own fears. You know, tonight what I'd like to do, I'd like for us all to just to stand up, please. What I'd like us to do, I believe the power of God is here to break fear off our lives. I believe God wants to set us free so that we can be instruments of righteousness for him. We can be instruments and mouthpieces to the lost that we won't be hindered by fear, won't be hindered by all that trash that gets around our hearts and minds. God wants to set us free. He wants a bride that's clean, that's confident, that's full of boldness, full of the Holy Ghost, not, not hindered and limited by fear, but full of the Holy Ghost, ready to share the gospel and ready to see the harvest come in. The harvest is ripe. The harvest is ripe, ready ready for us to go out to. If that's you tonight, I want you to come to the front. I just want you to come up to the front and, and just, just admit that, yeah, I, I have some fears. I, I, you know, I could share more than what I did, or what I do, or I could, these things that hinder me and I'm, I'm sick of it and, and I need to be on fire for God. I need to be passionate for the lost. I, you know, I, I, I'm sick of living this mediocre life. 
this lukewarm life of not sharing the gospel. You know, the Bible, Jesus' reason why he came here was to restore relationship to people, to the Father. That can only be done through salvation. That can only be done by people sharing the gospel and people hearing the gospel. The great mandate, go and preach the gospel to every creature. I just want you to come forward. If that's you tonight, you know these fears around your life from sharing. I want you just to come forward. Fear of rejection, fear of embarrassment, fear of what people will think. I know there's many here that are concerned about what people what people think, people in their classroom. You know, I've got some great friends out of my workplace that aren't saved. And I know what it's like to think, oh, wow, you know, it's just how do I get to this point? How do I share with them? But you know what? When you pray and you ask for divine appointments, man, they open up without you to try they just like a window that opens up and you just share and it's usually for a short time you just need to be prepared when those windows open up that you share you just share at that time thank you Lord why don't you just close your eyes I'm just going to pray over everyone and then we're going to get the ministry team to come up and it's going to lay hands just share them share with them what, what fear you have and we're just going to believe God's going to break this fear of your life that's part of it part of it is breaking the fear part of it is praying for you and then the other part is get a short testimony going. Get a short testimony about your previous life, your conversion, and then what, how God's changed you. Get a short one-minute gospel message that you, you, you can share right off the cuff if you need to. And then believe for God to bring you people that are unsaved. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just pray for everyone here tonight. Lord, I just pray, Lord, for revelation of the cross. Father, revelation of the cross and Lord, what you went through. Lord, that people would be saved and drawn to you. Father, let them get a revelation, Father, of the stripes, revelation of the nails, revelation of the thorns. Lord, a revelation of the blood that was spilt, the heart that was broken. Lord, a revelation of your love. Father, let that love, Lord, the Bible says, Lord, let that love come. Lord, where love is, no fear can be. Lord, the power of love casts out all fear. Father, let the love of God just be revealed to everyone here today in such a measure that they're compelled with your boldness and presence to share the gospel. Thank you, Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, we just take authority of every fear. Father, God, fear is of the enemy. Father, we break its hold upon these people. Father, we break the spirit of fear that has gripped so many here tonight, and we break it in Jesus' name. Father, we command fear to go and be released off their lives. Father, we ask for the spirit of love to come over them. Lord, for the spirit of love and revelation of the cross. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. If there's any more, just come up. Ministry team, if we could just come up and just, just begin to lay hands and just pray for everyone here tonight.